for the lost arts reclaiming the literary holy land from the heathen this is dan baltic and this is matt pegas and this is the I'm, I'm gonna say the 23rd episode here matt am i right that's correct yep awesome wow <laughs> all right <laughs> so it's the the 23rd episode and uh, we are here with howling mutant who uh Thank is you. uh yeah no we're, we're really excited to have you on <laughs> Honestly, one of the uh, the funniest voices on Twitter. Uh, his account always makes yes. me laugh. Uh, <laughs> Generally, Thank you. Generally than... agreed upon across the board. I feel like you have a lot of a lot of fans. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Hundreds of likes can't be wrong. Hundreds of likes, thousands. Uh, and yeah, so uh, mutant. Uh, and I think you uh, you prefer to be called uh, mutant as opposed to howling. That uh, on the jackpot. That was cited uh, as a way that distinguishes. I guess. The, I mean, either either way is fine, really. But but there people kind of normally defer to mutant for whatever reason, as opposed to howling. Okay. The, have there not been? There's been incarnations of the account in the past that were like screaming mutant. Yeah, that. there was. Well, I think the first one was depraved mutant. Then I kind of remember that. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Not. I mean, it didn't have a lot of followers. So, and then there was screaming mutant. There was hunted music that got deleted very quickly, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, punished then, mutant, right? Punished mutant. That yeah. was remember where everyone was everyone saying punished yeah. would come back from. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's like kind of cringy now, but yeah, there was yeah. Punished <laughs> looking for my friends. Yeah, yeah. I was I was putting like, like a sad little poo with a coffee mm-hmm. cup, saying where are my friends at. <laughs> <laughs> but these incarnations, well, yeah. uh, they happen because you've been getting you've gotten kicked off, or they just yeah, because I keep getting yeah, banned. Yeah, yeah. There's not like they're not like different like levels. Like David like, Bowie so, like, phases. This, or this is yeah. This is my thin white Duke phase. Like no, it's because Twitter yeah. keeps shit canning me. But I've been doing pretty good on this one. So fingers crossed. Yeah. I've been up. It's been like a couple like, like couple two years. years. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could yeah, never no. make it more than six months before. Yeah. No. Happy that you're you're still here with us and hopefully for a long time. And well, I'll tell you that the key is don't talk to blue checkmark people. Oh, totally. Like, don't, don't interact with them at all. Even if they're like, okay, like they're, if their fans report you, the reports on that, like are taken like way more seriously than like regular reports. So I just don't talk to them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's my policy. I think mine and Matt's policy, just don't quote tweet anything that anyone yeah. who is like not on your side says. He's got to embrace the echo chamber, gonna, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, I mean, you're going to get in they, trouble. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like you would think they would encourage you to talk to people who are kind of outside of your worldview, but 
No. <laughs> no. Just stick to the, the incel gripers that you're comfortable with. <laughs> if, uh, if it's got a frog, it, it might be okay. Yeah. If, uh, you never know, though. It might not be. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, you didn't, you've been on uh, a lot of pods we love. You've been on Jackspot. You've been on yeah. Dead Post. You've been on a Jackspot being Perfume Nationalist, which all our you know listeners probably know. Uh, crucially, another like comedy Twitter guy who we love, Brendan Lusso. Mm-hmm. You've been on, of course, Tales from the Mall. Yeah, I love Tales from the Mall. Yeah, very funny show. Brendan's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, uh, take it away. It's uh, it's great to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. I mean, uh, what, do you have anything in particular you want to discuss? Or, and I read the thing, the little like kind of yeah. outline type thing. Well, I mean, like, how about we just you know get into like comedy Twitter? And I mean, like you are like we said, like one of the in our opinion and many others, yeah. the funniest accounts out there. And oh, so you. like comedy and you I, I think you listened to or maybe you didn't listen to but i, I sent you our uh, uh live from new york new new right comedy episode and there we kind of like broke down we think comedy is in a bit of a, an interesting place today because i mean comedy in our opinion is kind of um it's about uh, saying the kind of true things that are suppressed by the mm-hmm. current regime, the current power structure. And so, like, well, the current, you know, power structure is obviously of the, you know, center left, left, what, what have you. Yeah, like we, sure. Yeah. And so, like, you know, anything that is, like, kind of, like, going to shock the normies is pretty much going to come from the right. Like, it'd be really hard to, like, shock, you know, like, you know, people from the left because, like, everything in the news is already, like, well... Yeah, like, what what could you say that was, like, too far left where people would be, like, actually really offended? I can't even... Exactly. Yeah, I mean, even 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 when people do cross certain lines, like just for example, if someone says something about like minor attracted individuals or something like that, (laughs) that gets made fun of. I guess I guess that would be. Yeah, (laughs) that's like that's so far. Right. And like like with the whole cuties controversy, which probably was bullshit, by the way. I didn't really look into it, but anyway, uh, basically, even even when you do cross a line that. Of, of like le- left may not even be the word but of like i don't know pro-degenerate i, I don't i don't know what call it. <laughs> uh even when you do cross that line you have a, a like a, a built-in pr team defending you so it's like yeah even if, even if even if it's agreed upon like oh that wasn't cool it's like but this is what she actually meant you know what i mean so that's the yeah you're not too. you're not gonna get fired for it right. either yeah um yeah and it's not like taking people aback it's not like or like you might but it's kind of like Oh well, you know, we kind of saw the progression there. Like, like, yeah, you know, they're, they're probably going to talk about, you know, being pedos eventually. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, whereas like from the right, like it's, you know, like things, and like we'll get into it more. But like stuff, like one of the reasons why we think Nick Mullen is really funny, and like Sam Hyde is you know they say stuff that is like everyone kind of knows is true mm-hmm. and it's but to hear it actually yeah. said out loud is just like shocking because like oh fuck you're not supposed to say that you'll lose your job friends 
Well, it's almost like a relief when you hear someone else say it because it's just been inside your skull, <laughs> like you know, however long you don't hear anybody. I, oh, thank goodness, I'm not the only person who's made this, you know, observation. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like there's, I mean, and that's like a cathartic point of humor, right? Yeah. Like you, you hear someone say something that's true. And, like, maybe it's uncomfortable, maybe it's a difficult truth, but, like, that, like, you know, it, it immediately being brought into the open in a way that's funny is, like, it, you know, it, it helps you kind of, like, assimilate it into your mm. worldview. Yeah, definitely. Maybe that's too, uh, too theory sell. But yeah, no, um, and like humor, as we're saying from the left is like, it's just not, it's not funny. So like, like we were watching like, um, Amy Schumer and the, the Oscars and like the only funny oh, thing yeah. in the Oscars was like Will Smith, you know, smacking a dude. For... Yeah. That's like the most interesting thing that's happened in the Oscars. I think ever like, yeah, that was hilarious. At any other time when I was like, wow, that's what happened with that at the fucking Oscars, you know? Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was, like, a real cultural moment because it was both, like, hilarious but also very sad and very, like, full of pathos. And it's yeah. like, wow, I never expected that the Oscars would produce something that was, like, so well-acted, so... <laughs> <laughs> I never I never thought I'd get to see, like, the impotent, evil, cuck rage, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, li like, live on the Oscars, right? Yeah. But you know what's so funny is that it's such a weird thing and it's interesting. And like two days later, everyone's like, all right, I'm sick of fucking hearing about the will. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. The, the expiration date on stuff is so fast now. Yeah. I remember when Alec Baldwin shot that uh, cinematographer, or whatever she was. Yeah. That's a really weird story. But after 24 hours, you're like, oh, I don't want to hear about Alec Baldwin anymore. I yeah. feel like it even happened with like Russia, Ukraine to an extent. People are blue checks, whatever. People are still talking about it, but like, it's almost like it feels like that situation has de-escalated or something because the rhetoric around it has de-escalated a little bit. Whereas, in fact, I, it's probably the opposite has happened. But people get tired of the news cycle after we're so conditioned. Yeah, we just we can't yeah. keep uh, we can't keep our attention. I know that's like an old like oh no one has like an attention span anymore. But I think really with like YouTube and like you know growing up on the internet, people can't stay focused on something for longer than like a single news cycle yeah and i think it's worse post covid because covid basically the two big things of the past like i don't know i guess seven years that that did command attention for a long time were trump and covid uh people like you know blue checks libs whatever paid attention to those things in a, in a way that was more extended it was a continual obsession and i feel like both of those just kind of burnt out in ways that make people now even less willing to invest in a long-term news story yeah. you know what i mean um there's this sense that like stuff doesn't uh doesn't really matter or something because you know people talk about the consequences of trump and the consequences of covid but most people's personal lives are like kind of fucking similar to the way they were in 2015 or something uh, that's a bit of a tangent i didn't mean to, to go on about the news but it's kind of interesting well, no, with Trump, they spent, like, you know, the entire presidency talking about how it's, like, this revival of fascism and mm -hmm. he's a dictator. And he kind of didn't do anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, nothing really changed. There was COVID, but that wasn't really because of him being a dictator. Right. I mean, if anything, no. it was because of, like, government incompetence that it got to the level exactly. that it did. You know? So I think, I think like, you know, you can kind of, the media can kind of launder their uh, integrity for a while. Like, it'll work. 
in the short term, like people be like, holy shit, Trump's a dictator. But then when they see like, all right, well, he didn't do anything. They're like, kind of, it kind of hurts them in the long term, you know, and then, then, yeah. then they don't believe anything. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think it's kind of hurt them with like uh, Russia, Ukraine a little bit. Not that I'm looking at the public opinion polls, but I do know that Biden's approval is like down. And I think that if it weren't for some of the stuff with Trump and COVID, they would have had a better time kind of getting the public more invested in like, you know, possible military action and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Uh, but right now it feels like, it's a small, it's kind of a minority of people who even are thinking about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, when you see somebody who's really invested in the Ukraine stuff, it's just fucking weird. Yeah. Like, why do you care so much? Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad, but like, you're like, what, you want to go over there and fight for the right. Ukrainians? Like, yeah. I mean, it's like proof of the extent that like they can astroturf something, you know, the, the idea that like you can get so many people who previously really had no conception of what Ukraine is or like, you know, couldn't mm -hmm. even find it on a map. And now they all have like it in their profiles and like stand with Ukraine. Yeah. It's just, it speaks to the kind of, uh, we stand for the present thing meme of it all. Well, you know what though, the, the thing about being totally, uh, like I kind of disaffected and having no real attention been might actually help in that case. Cause you can get people kind of into this engagement, but then Absolutely. they're going to stick with it. You're <laughs> yeah. already getting bored of it. You know? I mean, it's like I don't think marshalling people's, you know, sentiments and stuff like that. It's like, it's, you know, I, I think people are a lot more malleable post Trump post 2015 than they were before. Like now, like people are just used to being like led around by the nose by the media and yeah. being like, oh yeah, this is like, you got to get mad about this now. You got to, you know, get angry at these people. And like these people are pretty much like always the judge. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that people are really like as into the Ukraine, like, but besides like the kind of virtue signaling of putting a little flag on your profile, are people really that into it? I don't think. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. I, I again for that first like two weeks, first news cycle is like yeah. maybe people care, yeah. but I, I, I just feels like that intensity is is going away whilst the actual conflict is continuing to, if not accelerate, then at least remain at an even keel. I think the perception is, you know, just. Well, it's great we start learning about all the Ukrainian Nazi battalions. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> and the people who are calling everybody a Nazi are saying, "Well, you know, let's kind of put this in context. Maybe they're they're like good Nazis." Yeah, Nazis right. Like, <laughs> suddenly, like a couple Nazis. Well, that's okay, and it's like, yeah. oh, okay, you're well, gonna well, have a couple Nazis. I mean, like, you, yeah, you're gonna in any in any battalion, you're gonna have like a few uh, Nazis, and in any army, you're gonna have a few Nazi battalions. It's just. The yeah. way it works. <laughs> yeah. The story, like a story about like A's of battalion fucking crucifying people <laughs> in the town square. Came and, I mean, I, and like the liberal blue check marks who were telling you that like Trump was a Nazi was saying, well, well listen, let's not rush to judgment on this, yeah. on these neo Nazis <laughs> who were openly in the Ukrainian military. Yeah, it's weird the extent that some of these blue check types are like into the ultra violence of the like Ukrainian war atrocities. Which is just like, you know, it kind of like shows like there's, I think a lot of um, in, in this, in the current moment where I support the current thing, there's a lot of anger and like bloodlust underneath it. And so when they see this stuff, they're like, yeah, you know, just go crucify the Russians <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, it's like, it's patently disturbing to see this yeah. because like, I mean, yeah, of course there's people on the other side who are, you know, very, you know. 
um, uh, have that mentality as well. But, um, you know, to see people who are like, you know, reputedly like, to, you know, purportedly normies who are just like, uh, you know, kind of clamoring for blood. Is, Remember there uh, was that story that the Ukrainians took a bunch of uh, Russians hostage and they like tied them up and shot them in the knees and let them yeah yeah, yeah. And about shot that. them in the head and then there were a lot of like empathetic liberals saying well you know what they should they shouldn't have invaded <laughs> yeah really like, <laughs> like kind of hand wave that off right yeah yeah. I think earlier on there was a concerted effort to make it like a very, I mean, there still is, you know, to, to just make it this tiny moral universe of good versus, you know, evil Russia versus good. Yeah, Ukraine. that's always the thing. Yeah, And I, I think it's maybe not working as well as they'd hope because of stories like this. But also, I think on a more fundamental level, some of these blue check types just, you know, at first there was very much in, in the vein of the 2020 Floyd riots or some of the COVID stuff or Trump, obviously, there was this, I, I I would see bumper stickers around town that were like literally said like fuck putin you know this is in la so it's just like on a lexus like yeah, fuck yeah. putin or whatever and yeah they uh they try they i mean they're, i'm not i'm not trying to be too i'm not trying to uh be too uh naive about i'm not saying they're like absolutely retarded <laughs> like obviously they don't, very you know, like that video yeah they're not 100 <laughs> percent retarded the, not a hundred percent. You know, there, there's, I'm not saying they actually thought this, but it was almost like they thought they could cancel Putin and cancel Russia, uh, yeah. and you know, just by just by spouting the usual platitudes that they'd be like, "Oh, this is wrong. What do we do when when something is wrong? We do collective moral yeah. action to, you know, uh, and obviously that didn't work. So I feel like with that not working. Uh, most of them aren't going to take the next step to become like neocon. Well, some of them are willing to do this, but not the majority. Your average yeah. lib is not willing to then become like a, a neocon. Like we got to go to war. Well, maybe we can just bully, so. bully Putin into killing himself. <laughs> right. We'll call him fat. He's like a fucking loser. And let's see if he just takes care yeah. of it. For like that, that does seem to be yeah. what they're trying to do. Like, you know, they... They have, like, you know, Biden and other people saying, like, uh, yeah, you know, maybe he'll just, you know, get killed by his supporters or, you know, kill himself <laughs> or whatever. It's pretty much. And, yeah. like, there's this, like, Karen battalion online that thinks, like, they can, like, bully the, you know, the Russian Federation into, you know, like, uh, resigning. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> absurd. I mean, when they elected, when they got Biden elected, like, the leftists who were voting for Biden, Really have not much in common. They're like, well, we'll bully him to the left, and he's like, the guy's been in politics for fifty years. You think you're going to bully him? And then of course they didn't. Yeah. You know, it's like if anything, he started yeah. bullying them. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, also, it's hard to bully Biden because, like, it's not. You know, I I don't think. Yeah, right. There's there's nothing to the, bully. Like, there's no so psyche left. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's sad. It's also just like kind of funny. Like trying to kind of... bully a house plant or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But of course, there are some empathetic liberals, like that woman who uh, I don't even know where she was from. But that whole video that was going around, I think Sam Hyde shared shared it, where he where she was like, uh, "Putin, if only I could oh, in your yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was really good. <laughs> So there's there's always that element, but but yeah, she was kind of she was being consistent to the fucking empathetic bullshit that you're supposed to, you know. True. And then she that's got fucking yeah. raked over the coals for that. But I mean, if you're really yeah, sticking yeah. to that, I mean, that's what you believe, right? Like, 
Yeah, it's it's preferable <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> well, speaking, uh, not to like take us off of geopolitics, but uh, no, I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh, Hyde, uh, we we wanted to kind of drill down into something we talked about before on the live from New York episode, which is uh, Hyde. Not Hyde versus Mullen, but kind of like we we both like Mullen a lot. We both like Hyde a lot, and I mean, there's there's a lot to say about Hyde, obviously, and like we we think he's really funny, and I think he very much follows that model that we just set out, which is just saying things that everyone is yeah, thinking, yeah. which are outrageous by the current standards, and it's funny, but a kind of like more in a way more interesting model to us is Nick Mullins in that like. He's he's headlining comedy tours, and of course on Comptown he's making like you know a million a year or something close to that, and so that means you are a member of the mainstream. Basically, you are like a card carrying, you know, like you if not card yeah, carrying, you're like approved mainstream. by the establishment. Yeah, and like the way he's able to do that and still say things like his <laughs> like uh, his like um you're Chinese thing, which is like. You know, hilarious, but it's like it's racist, and like, how how do you get to say like you know racist or racist things when you're you know part of the mainstream? It's it's because yeah. you support you supported Bernie Sanders, basically. It's because, and I think you maybe you talked about this a bit with Jack as well. I we think. talked about or, Nick or maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, what do you think about this kind of, like, brand of, like, ironic racism and ironic, like, you know, ironic right-wing viewpoints, which, like, are never really clear. It's never really clear how, like, I would think that Nick actually yeah. co-signs on almost all of it. But, no, like, it's not, it's first all, of like, all, it's this not kind ironic. Of he's just being it's racist. Like, oh. like, I'm not saying he's, like, like, a, like a racist racist, but, yeah, like, yeah, he obviously means that. And, like, that's fine. But I don't know, like, his defenders will say, like, oh, he's just joking around. It's like, no, he's really just saying racist shit about, like, Chinese people. And it's yeah. like, I like it, but I don't know why you like it. You know, like, you know I, I like Nick Mullen. I don't, I don't think he, what? like, he didn't do the thing where, like, the fucking obnoxious comics, like, uh, like Sarah Silverman or something, like, they're, like, edgelords, and then they become super fucking annoying liberals to kind of shield themselves from that. But I think because he has kind of more leftist politics, yeah. I think that's what saves him. And I don't know if that's going to continue. Yeah. I don't think that's going to continue to be that way. Yeah. Right. I feel like the gig is up a little bit on that. Like, we all know that Anna and Dosh are, like, actually right wing, basically, right? Well, Anna. Yeah. There, there was, like, a Crypto moment. Fash, yeah. basically. Yeah. Da Definitely so Anna, maybe not Dasha. still kind of, like, you know, Fair enough. like, anti id Based or whatever, whatever you know. Yeah, like a little fashy. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Sorry, my internet is being weird. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like, like as in, like a, a supporter. Oh, uh, the Strasers, the Strasrites are like the, like the, like almost like Nazbol type people. Like that. That's used to kind oh, of. Oh, okay. Like, uh, yeah. Like kind of slag off the red scare girls. Like they're not they're 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 left, but they're like racist as well. I guess would be. <laughs> yeah, red, red red brown alliance. I mean, I don't know all these ideas. Like, there's a timeline to it. You had Bernie's 2020 campaign, 
where it was assumed if you were a Bernie supporter, you, you, you still kind of were of the left. And I feel like that was kind of the end of the easy, like, oh, they're they're just being yeah. ironic. They, look, they're Bernie supporters. That campaign fizzled out, or, you know, ended. Uh, and then pretty much ever since 2020, a lot of those people who were, you know, former sort of jaded Bernie supporters, it's been it's become a lot harder to place them politically and i think the whole thing of like oh i'm actually a leftist yeah i think in the long run it's not going to be as readily available of an excuse i mean if you go back to like 2019 2020 the idea of something like strasserism or a red brown alliance would like your average normie (laughs) would have been like what the hell is that that doesn't even make sense that never existed that you know the, the the nazis were arch capitalists uh but but i feel like that because of red scare because of who knows what a little some of these ideas are are a little more accessible now and there is this notion that you could be of the left on certain issues but also really problematic and uh yeah i i don't know if nick you know for nick mullen or or for these other people if if the notion of like oh they're they're on our side they're just a little edgy I don't know. Yeah, I think it already does. I think he kind of got like grandfathered in on that, but I don't think that's going to fly for like newer people coming up that, you know, yeah, I'm edgy and racist, but uh, I guess I like Bernie Sanders or whatever, you know, I'm for uh, universal health care or something. Yeah, I mean, like, I think in a weird way, the uh, the BLM stuff kind of serves as a dividing line because like you either kind of cupped on that or you didn't. And so, like, the Chapo yeah. guys, they just totally cucked on all of that stuff. And they were kind of funny before, but afterwards, it's like, you know, like, oh, we're funny, but only to a point, at which no, point we they, have to, like, yeah, they you know, totally, the party line. They totally yeah. sold so, out. You know, repeat the party line. Like, and it was, it was embarrassing to watch. I mean, I wasn't a yeah. fan of them anyway, to be honest, but I mean, like, you're just shilling for, like, fucking Joe Biden. Like, you're supposed to be, like, a revolutionary, <laughs> like, leftist, and that's who you're supporting. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And like, you know, following that, I think like it kind of like, yeah, Anna and Dasha, like they, you know, they kind of went the other way. And like, it's interesting, come town. I I don't really have a sense of like, they've managed to, I think, kind of really like insulate themselves from politics, which is weird, but like also very doable if you're a podcast about like, you know, reportedly (laughs) like uh, having sex with your dad. Which mm-hmm. is their their you know tagline, and so yeah, if you're just about like you know a horny podcast of like you know stupid crazy shit, like yeah, you can kind of insulate yourself from you know the larger culture wars, because like <laughs> bullying Adam doesn't really have a political valence <laughs> unless it's like you know someone. I mean, it'd probably be better. Just <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they they get by, and I know normies who listen to come town you know obviously there's always like those normies who listen to red scare but with them they kind of know that you know that that they can be that anna and dash are somewhat problematic but with come town it's like oh yeah i, I like come town it's just kind of get, gets by yeah. the goalie yeah like the biggest stumbling block <laughs> of come town and normies is the name like i i will tell normie friends like oh yeah i, I like do you like come town yeah and they're like, it's a terrible fucking name. <laughs> I'm surprised they got as big as they did. It's like awful. <laughs> Come down. I mean, yeah, it's just no, it's just like, and also the right? logo. Like, it's just <laughs> fucking embarrassing having that logo. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like on my phone. I'll be like li- listening to like come down and like you know the person next to me on the subway. I'm like I'm like oh fuck, this is a show called Come Down with Come Tripping. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. He like probably is like next to Chapo. They're like the or next to next to Red Scare, one of the top. Uh, I think you know, so. Yeah. Patreon bots. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, ironic reasons. Yeah, I mean, I I do I prefer yeah. Sam Hyde personally. I think Nick Mullen is really funny, but I, I like Sam yeah. Hyde. I like Sam Hyde. is just a lot more transgressive, I think, and like. He says shit, and it's like you don't really know. Is he right. fucking serious? Oh, absolutely, right now? Like, yeah. He doesn't really hide behind irony. I think he, he can leave stuff kind of ambiguous to what he believes, but I think he kind of like he, he never he never does the thing like, oh, I'm just a comedian, you know, which is always like the most annoying. And don't fucking talk about you know, right. talk about you know the yeah, differences yeah. between men and women or something. You know, I mean, don't talk about serious shit if you're gonna like retreat back behind that. Yeah, exactly. With Sam Hyde, it's like, not to get Freudian, but it's pure id. You know, like he's just saying and, you know, creating sketches and skits pretty much around whatever's on his mind. And he's just totally honest, I think, about what he thinks. And that can create an ambiguity because sometimes, like, if you're not censoring yourself, you just say, you just say shit. But with, with, with Mullen, it's a little more like... I'm gonna say this, but like I'm gonna contextualize it. So yeah, Mullen has like that kind. There's a little more safety. You know, I'm just you know being a little naughty little boy, and Sam Hyde is like like a frightening figure, (laughs) like it's like an insane homeless person. Yeah, he is. Literally, (laughs) when you see him. (laughs) Yeah, because he's like Sam Hyde's like he's like like six four or six feet, right? Oh yeah, yeah, he's like six five. No, yeah. I I've heard he's a nice guy, but like I don't even know if I should say this on the air. But I feel like if I was gonna meet Sam Hyde, well, did you, you see the thing with him and did you see the thing with him? And he's just got that energy. Oh, he like fucking he's having eye dubs oh. like spar with <laughs> him, and he's doing side kicks and like he's like he's almost knocking him off the ground. <laughs> Someone said it looked yeah, like yeah, no, he's doing an interview <laughs> yeah. and he's like hunched over and someone's like, like an ISIS interrogation video. <laughs> And, yeah, it was funny. I, <laughs> I should watch that. Terrified, yeah. and I don't blame him. I don't even call him a pussy. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you be? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Also, Sam Hyde stand up is just like you know, it's it's a little clunky. It's like I've only seen the one he did that was like intentionally, but like, like to piss the audience off. Yeah. Oh yeah, well that was his old thing in like 2015. 2016, yeah, yeah. Is he just oh yeah, which is hilarious to like you know get the audience like extremely angry at you. It's just like this regular stand-up. I mean, he's had a few like. I mean, it's mostly just to piss the audience off, and it's from like 19 or not 19 from like 2016 and 2017. Yeah, yeah. I think that Mike Brown if if right. If any, uh, if any venue would have him for stand-up, he'd probably yeah. still be doing it. But, I mean, he's just persona non grata with that. So, yeah. Um, we, we did uh, – I don't know if we kind of touched on this earlier, but we were kind of talking about, like, the difference between stand-up versus people being funny on podcasts versus – like, it's kind of a – 
I don't know. My, my whole thing was, we talked about how bad the Oscar, I didn't even watch the Oscars to be honest, but I, look, I just take people's word for it that the, the sketches and the stand up were horrible. But have like, they ever not? I don't know. Like, I think we're kind of been like a really funny to, Oscars. Have they ever not? I mean, I, Brett Easton Ellis, who I guess watches every yeah. Oscar says, says these are the worst ones ever. I mean, I totally believe it, but, um, yeah, basically, I think the, the thing with I, I like some stand up comedy, but you really have to kind of try to appeal to a larger room with that. And I feel like I don't know, it's not to get too theoretical, but uh, the the era of comedy we're in is like the the funniest stuff is is can really only I feel like can only really be said on a podcast. Like there has to be kind of a more niche audience you're appealing to, because like the broader the broader culture that like a stand up comedian would be trying to appeal to or anyone who's like on national tv it's just like there's not enough common culture i know i'm not a big and, fan uh, of stand-up comedy in general yeah. i think it's a really kind of archaic like uh, art form whatever you want to call it it's like something yeah. from like vaudeville or you know like i don't know why people still do it really yeah i yeah. found the people who i do think are funny i always find funnier like on podcasts or in interviews or whatever you know like norm mcdonald's or something so i don't i i was never a big stand-up mm-hmm. guy and i never really got yeah I, I didn't get the appeal of it i i think now like the problem with stand-up too is that like people will come on and like they're trying to like give the veneer of saying something edgy but they can't actually say it so they have to say these kind of bland things and then like but phrase yeah. it in like a like like sure. fucking Lenny Bruce or something, you know? <laughs> like, and it's like you're just saying what, what I already heard yeah. you know, on the news or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's also kind of how the dynamic, and I think you mentioned this a bit on Jack's pod, and Matt and I were talking about it. Is um, you know, if you're like doing stand up, you're like you're trying to make people laugh. You're talking to them. You're delivering a joke to them. There's like, you know, no matter how much you want to make it kind of sophisticated, it's like, you know, you're delivering a a punchline, you're setting up a punchline. Whereas a pod, you know, like it's, it's almost always the case that something you overhear is going to be funnier than something that's told to you. So like, if you're overhearing like two people talking and like, you know, come down a great example of this, Nick Mullen, like Nick, like bullying Adam on the pod yeah. is like what, much funnier than like anything he'll say during standup because like during standup, it's like the very act of trying to make people <laughs> laugh is kind of cuck. It's like you're, you're, yeah, you're like, you're cucking yourself to make people laugh. Whereas yeah. like <laughs> bullying Adam is something he does for himself and it's clear, like yeah. he loves, he loves it. And like Adam, no, I think, you know, I think Adam, Adam doesn't loves love it, it as much, but you <laughs> know, like that's, that's it, yeah. funny too. <laughs> oh yeah, he might love it. I mean, and you can have like a weird, like, I, I think, yeah, there's like, definitely yeah. a good argument. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I mean, like, oh yeah. There's a lot of that in yeah. I mean, that's, like, and that's like, you know, everyone has the friend group where one guy is kind of like the punching bag and like, and that's still that's funny to hear and something else. Like, oh yeah, he reminds me of that guy I went to school with or something. You know, we always called gay or you know whatever. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the Adam. Well, that's uh, what you know. Uh, what um, well, a lot of people talk about the appeal of Comtown and other successful podcasts yeah. is it makes you feel like you're part of a friend group when you're listening oh, yeah. to it. Which, I know that does, that is that the way, gayest so way to put it, but it so, is true too. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is true yeah 
it's like you you miss hanging out with your buddies because like there's so little of that in culture Today. anymore there's so much disruption of freedom of association or just especially during the pandemic just like literally isolated so it's like yeah you want to find you want to you know remember what it was like to be in in high school and just like shit talk with your friends or something i don't know again it it, it, it borders on kind of sad and yeah <laughs> like internet pornography or something where you're getting a surrogate it's, but it's like, friend but, but no yeah. i think there's a way that it can be done artfully <laughs> It is totally. totally. <laughs> yeah, it's like only it's like fans, only fans for, for friends. For Patreon, yeah. men. it's like pods are yeah, like you know, yeah, only fans for like yeah, super lonely men who don't have friends. That's what comes out. That's what uh, that's what our pod is. Right, but like I don't get me don't get it twisted. Like I also think it's high art. I, you know, I think. I think it is fulfilling yeah, like a no, social is, need, but like, is. you know, what are you, what are we gonna do? We're all strapped to these computers. Yeah, I think it's so art. Might as well. Yeah. I mean, listen, if no, fucking I mean, stand-up comedy is art, then yeah. podcasts yeah. are art. But yeah, I mean, like sure. with for Nick sure. Mullen, it's so much funnier to hear him Definitely. bully Adam than to like hear him recount a story of it on stage. You know what I mean? It's just, there's just something better to it. I don't know. Oh yeah. 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 Well, it's just authentic, right? Like, he's bullying Adam. He's, like, really doing it. He's, like, really, you know, whereas, like, on stage, it's an act. It's, right. like, you know, uh, of course it's an act. It's a, you know, it's a bit. And he's trying to, you and know. And it's a like, rehearsed, you know, it's something they, like, know. they rehearse and they got it beat by beat. And with the, yeah. come yeah. I mean, sometimes they rehearse what they talk about a bit, but it feels like a natural kind of uh, flow of consciousness coming out, you know. Yeah, it's just totally. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally natural. That's that's what comes across. That's why I was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like people who can do good stand up comedy, it's really impressive, and like I respect the the art form. I just yeah. it doesn't feel like very of the moment. You know, it it feels like it's played out. I, I've seen a bit of stand up comedy here in L A. here here and there. I actually saw Jay Leno just very randomly recently, and like, yeah, he's well, he's supposed he's to be like one like of the not, great doesn't, like, stand up comics to the too. Moment. And you can... Even though his like shows yeah. like it's was, like, it's no he's good it was funny for years you know like the it was just very I, like, I don't think I've seen a single episode of show. but no he was a good stuff comedian. you know yeah. I mean it wasn't it wasn't like horrible just yeah. Like, yeah. yeah fluff you know like yeah popcorn TV yeah but it's it's interesting because his whole style it's it, the, that generation of stuff yeah. is is so performative you know everything is planned out. He's he's basically play, the character is him, but he is playing a character. You know that's how it is. And then like millennial stand-ups, it, it's usually and sometimes it's interesting, but it's not always funny. It's the, the new model is like very confessional, like yeah. and, and sometimes it's political too, which is annoying. But it's always like you know I'm an alcoholic and like this is what I learned in AA and like here's a here's a story about you know yeah something like like it's very there's a there's a much more emotional thing where you're trying to emotionally connect to and i don't know yeah um i guess that that maybe crosses over a little bit with yeah. the kind of stuff on podcasts but yeah yeah i mean it's like a yeah pretty much podcast basically yeah, yeah. soliloquy there's a um, much for whatever reason that's not, i mean this is a broader cultural topic but you know at some point a much a premium a much more of a premium got placed on like authenticity and honesty and, and something post 90s um which I, I mean i'm neither positive or negative on it necessarily it's just 
kind of where I think I like the stand-up comedy better when it was like fucking yeah. like Rodney Dangerfield and they just tell like jokes like little one-liner type, <laughs> type jokes you know right yeah. I think I think that kind yeah. of performative stuff lends itself better to stand up and then the stuff where you're really just yeah why are you doing that yeah why are you whatever, doing that, that lends itself better show. to podcasts well, I don't know yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah Speaking about uh, honesty, maybe it's time to move on to uh, the horny posting. What'd you say? If uh, <laughs> if that is something, oh, uh, yeah. maybe it's time to move on <laughs> to horny posting, which is uh, something that we wanted to get into <laughs> and are big fans of. And um, possibly name this yeah. episode after. <laughs> possibly because I mean, like, oh, horny posting. It seems we, like we it, think yeah. is kind of having a moment right now. So like yeah yeah from like uh renal failure who is like a legit horny poster who like posts pics of like you know thick but you know barely, yeah he's like almost know, fucking uh, frothing almost at the mouth to yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah he's he's like you know a legit horny poster <laughs> whereas like you have people who then have like more of a kind of intellectual take on being yeah. horny so you have like delicious tacos right. You have Tower House, and like I would, you know, I, you you can, you know, say I'm I'm incorrect here, but uh, I, I guess would like add uh, some of your humor to that. It's kind <laughs> I, mean, of, I don't know like, if intellectual is the term for yeah, it. But I, I guess that's what kind of... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like it, it's just kind of like talking about sex in a way that is like, you know, um, very honest, very like, you know, kind of like. You know, you're not like uh, pulling any punches, and like that lends itself to the sort of like honesty that is, you know, key to all humor. So, like, if you're you're talking about like some like wacky, you know, sex stuff, it's like it's it's very easy to then kind of connect with people because it's like, well, he went there, and it's like, okay, yeah, I, I can. Well, see it's like sometimes you say you know, something work. truly awful, and you're like. How you, you put it out there and you're like holding your breath and someone's like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. And you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> the only fucking person. <laughs> yeah. Because you're expecting someone to say like, yeah, what the fuck is wrong? <laughs> and you're like, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, again, not to get to uh, theory cell about it, but there's something about, even if it's sex, something sexual sort of for the sake of humor there's really something about reaching in looking in and being radically honest to the point of discomfort about it that uh i think is analogous to what is done you know we're a literature podcast so this is one of the things we talk about like that is analogous to great literature you know if, if you're able and i and and moreover uh, you know, sometimes horniness, uh, sexuality is, is the most ready access most people, certainly most men, have to that kind of, like, well of honesty uh, and, well, even, like, you know, the, the male gaze even. Like, being able to tap into that can make for really hilarious horny posting, but also can be the seed. And I, we think this happened a little bit. We think this is kind of, like, behind what makes Delicious Tacos writing so great. Uh, it can happen, you know, on, on a, a range of topics if you if you get used to to that that method of of being honest and putting it into words. Well, uh, I think definitely like in a kind of age where people on different 
sides of the political spectrum can't agree on everything like everyone gets horny <laughs> like everybody can kind of relate to that right you know yeah. that's a good point too. and like yeah <laughs> yeah no it's a point of real commonality mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah for sure I and mean, that's why tacos has fans kind of on both sides of the spectrum i mean a little bit rightward leaning sure but like he's got fans on both sides of the spectrum even come town which uh I, i'm not as seasoned of a listener but I, but like even that like it's like it, it foregrounds the section yeah i know a lot of foregrounds that common denominator that, uh, come down. just by right right yeah. right yeah, because uh, we all get like, come. Everybody got to come. Like yeah. not to uh, intellectualize this <laughs> exactly too too much, but renal failure. Like he, he has way more followers than yeah. like you know if uh, their typical porn account or whatever, which is like you know they struggle to build followers, no, especially he... if they're just reposting pics. Like the reason why people follow renal is like yeah. he's like he's it's really him and he's really horny and he's horny for these fat women and that's just like that's like it's like you're following not for the pics of the women well you are but like also for uh you know you want to go on this like you know horny this trip horny like amphetamine lace <laughs> fucking <laughs> four hour jerk off session in a dark room yeah i mean the girls he posts too some of them are like is this hot or is this disgusting? Like, it's like, it's on the verge of like, like this is repulsive to me, but I'm also kind of intrigued by it. (laughs) And it's not, I wouldn't look this up myself, but now that I'm looking at it, he pushes the boundaries. He's appealed to it, you know? And then some of the stuff he posts, I'm like, all right, I'm not into that at all. (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the yeah. Uh, I mean this. Uh, I don't usually get this explicit on the pod, but it's. I, and I actually just realized I don't even follow Renault Failure. I don't know how that happened because I think I used to. But anyway, neither here nor there. Follow him back now. Uh, but no, the types of stacked women he posts. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that Frog Twitter, for lack of a better term, has sort of uh, re like helped bring back uh, the <laughs> culture of the boob guy. You know, there's this this dialogue. About how the ass had like this incredible run yeah. from like enough, know, enough to, with like, the hip, asses, maybe hip hop influence or something. Like, Two thousand five like, asses are horrible. Yeah, I feel like tits, like that that like ice cube yeah. type. Oh thing yeah, that women I do feel like, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. yeah, I I feel like breasts are kind of coming back, and I I wonder if there is. I do kind of feel like some, yeah. some frog accounts. Well, I th- I'm just <laughs> may have helped influence that cast thing is kind of winding down where like everyone on right-wing twitter was like kind of anti-sex and pretending like they you just go to church and say the rosary and like the whole like anti-coomer thing i mean i get yeah. it if you're too into the shit but like there was a whole like kind of right-wing thing about like yeah. you know literally return posting and like posting pictures of like women in drindles and fucking in a field somewhere. oh yeah so that i always bored the shit out of me sometimes that's kind of run its toll yeah, that shit never had much life. Yeah, I think it has run its toll. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that does seem to be like a real schism on the right in Twitter. You got like the, the trads, but even like among the frogs, you do have some who are just kind of like, you know, like being being horny is in some sense like a bit of a like, you know, it, 
No. It's not necessarily an alpha characteristic. Oh, it's definitely. <laughs> it can be yeah. like kind of like pathetic. It can be kind of desperate. Yeah. So like you know, if you're on like you know hardcore like frog alpha Twitter, like you you gotta be you know whatever. Like like yeah, it's like horny posting is like I think there's this kind of weird tension there where it's like you know some people on the right will admit it's funny. And it's like you know, um, you know, kind of cool. Oh, but I've like had people also on like get pissed at me distasteful. Yeah. yeah. It's all it's all about control. I think there's ways to thread this needle, and I think there's a lot of accounts that do. Uh, and there's a lot of accounts that kind of can appreciate a certain amount of uh, socially conservative values, quote unquote, while still. I think for the most part, yeah, there's some guys who seem you know, kind of fucking spurgs about it to will like yeah. get pissed off, but like, oh yeah, they, there's a lot of. I think that's yeah, just like yeah, that's there just may be spurgs on both sides <laughs> running to people yeah. like that, yeah. Just being online, exactly. I mean, my whole I've said this multiple places. I've said it on the pod. I've, I think I've written about it even like. You got you got to thread that needle between and um old man oh the smarter manosphere guys talked about this too like Hartis like you got to thread that needle between being horny and being sometimes attracted to like you know just uh sort of the degraded you know filth of the world like you know as a man <laughs> horny for the filth of the world a little bit but also <laughs> like. No, I like. It. Uh, that's a that's a stupid way of putting it, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you're, you're you're horny for smut. Like, you know, you want that, but also like you you have to be like vertically oriented. Like, you know, because that that's what makes you of the right. You know, is like if you're, you know, you 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 value greatness to to put it a little too simplistically. Like that's kind of the philosophical undercurrent of being like a, a right wing person valuing hierarchy, whatever. Like, there, I think there is a way to thread that needle where like you you embrace the the energy. The the, hmm. the 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 reproductive force represented by horniness will Even also like you know <laughs> you did like the, the football player <laughs> yeah yeah i i think yeah 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 exactly. i'm doing that on the camera yeah i think uh i think it can be done and I, i'm not trying to like um hero worship any accounts or anything we all have nuanced takes yeah. over, but like, you know, even someone like BAP is pretty good about talking about this, where he, he's kind of an anti-anti-porn guy a little bit, but also like not necessarily pro-porn. Like, it's like, you know, it's, he, he's, he, he people, people like that from Frog Twitter, you know, encourage the, you know, masculine control or whatever, but also like don't have a high tolerance for like squeamishness about sex. It's a needle that yeah. can be threaded. I mean, um, I think Terror House, as a publisher, does a pretty good job of this. Like, they, like, arguably are a kind of dissident right publisher, but, like, have, <laughs> you know, really, like, horny uh, books that they publish. <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, I mean, I think there's definitely this kind of... And, like, Tacos is not very political, necessarily, but, like, you know, it, it seems like he does have kind of those... Um, Higher values, shall we say? Yeah, he kind of backs off. He almost seems like he's almost on the right, and then he'll pull back. You know, I, I like him, but like he does, like he kind of he gets he yeah, flirts with the idea, and then he has to go back to, oh no, no, yeah. Like some people like can't get past a certain point where they feel like I feel like yeah. they feel like bad people or something if they go past it, so they like kind of pull back. But but I think that. I think that's a good point you made. Like I, yeah, no, I don't like the whole like, like like anti-sex thing, but I think control 
like being in control of yourself and like having self-discipline that is something that i think is important you know and like also if yeah just because you're talking about something yeah. doesn't mean yeah. you're actually doing it you know what I mean? <laughs> just because you know like people talk right. people sometimes address you yeah. like you just told them like a life story and it's like this is just a weird scenario i made up you know like don't you know they get mad at me over it mm-hmm. yeah yeah, no. no like, yeah. There's a difference between being a quote-unquote coomer and, like, uh, you know, just, like, enjoying a kind of, like, book that's, like, corny or, like, enjoying, like, you know, like, uh, you know, see a kind of, like, uh, fat-ass woman walk by <laughs> and you're just, like, like, you know, wow. And, like, that's that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, you know, it doesn't mean you're a coomer. No, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're... <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, always it's like, like you, you can like, coom if, if you're that doesn't fucking mean you're life, right? Like just watching porn. Do you ever see like the MTV True Life? I'm addicted to porn, where like the guy, the the guy would just no, but no, no, and then we would put on a he'd put on a porn video and just smoke a cigar and like watch it like a like a like a fucking movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Like a like yeah, a boss. Yeah. Yeah. I told I told this. I, I, I had a roommate, and he was like a he was like a black Muslim guy. He'd been in prison. He got out, and we were we were we had like rooms next to each other, and he would just go into his bed, and he would watch porn on his phone on full blast. But he would just like enjoy it, like with the door open. But there was always this tension, like, you could watch it, you could, you would even watch, like, the story parts, like, you could hear the dialogue, and you would just sit there watching it, and, like, like, it's, like, a fucking movie. <laughs> Weirdest thing I ever saw, but, yeah, I guess there are people who do that, they just watch porn, like, to huh. relax. And I've been, I remember I had, like, a weed dealer, and I'd go over, and every time I was over there, there would be, That's like, amazing. a porn DVD playing, like... just, like, in the background. Yeah. Just, like, hanging out, and, like, doing whatever. Well, well, I think about that with the different eras of porn, not that I'm a, uh, connoisseur or anything but uh like they there used to be actual fucking movies made you know with story well, they lines. had to they had yeah. to do that to get around like obscenity laws it was that was like, that, that was that what that yeah, was okay that makes they sense. they could then. say like oh, okay this is like you know there's a sort if you have just they had movies but like stag films were just sex but you couldn't show that like in a theater or it would be it would be oh. rated yeah, so that's they had to, interesting yeah. I didn't know so that's where all yeah. the stories and stuff came from but then people kind of liked the stories you know some people like to have like a setup and everything yeah like edward penis hands and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that the classic yeah edward the... penis hands. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i think people did get into that and i think there are people who like would watch that and just have it on the background as you were saying um which is kind of foreign to me but yeah. i wouldn't do it i don't yeah. know just fucking... when i'm done fucking jacking off or whatever and the... i just i immediately close everything and yeah close the laptop i'm like i don't want to fucking look at it yeah <laughs> post nut Post nut shame. Yeah. yeah, I don't really feel yeah, shame anymore, but it's just like it holds no just... interest in me after that point. Right. right. I mean, it's right. like when I was a kid, I felt like exactly shame. After, <laughs> after yeah, of course. I remember fucking like I one time I was so ashamed of myself. I threw out all the like porno mags I had collected, and then I got horny the next day and snuck back out into like the garbage and like took them back. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. them I mean, I, I was only raised on the, the internet, so I never had the chance to to do that. But I've yeah, I've done that with, oh. with cigarettes. So, like, like buy them. Yeah, it's the same out. idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I would have done that with 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 smut as well if if I hadn't been if I had if, if if doing that wouldn't have involved throwing out the most expensive things I own in terms of technology. I didn't... 
I yeah. didn't get a real internet connection till I was 17. And I always wonder like what, what it would have been like if I had the internet just growing up and just looking at <clears throat> whenever I wanted to. Yeah. It'd be like a fucking yeah. serial killer or something. <laughs> well, that's like the big question right now is like, cause I, and I, I, I'll just be honest. I don't know. Well, I'm, like, I'm yeah, actually I kind know. of in between like, uh, because like, I think Matt, you're a little younger. So you grew up kind of with like, like a, I'm a younger millennial, so I definitely saw internet porn at like like yeah. 13 or something. But I didn't see it at like nine, and I think Gen Z, someone who's probably yeah. Gen Z, can see it even that young. And that's different. But even too. when you were 13, was there like all like the Pornhub type? No, stuff I was looking at pictures yeah, right? of tits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Which that's is different. different I think. It is different. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like you can fucking just look yeah. at whatever the, the fuck you or want. At yeah, like yeah. yeah. And I feel like people. That's how you get into weird shit. Like it's just like. You, you have too many options and you're just like oh, yeah no it's like an arms watching, race watching people a horny arms race where you like gotta yeah. find yeah. new and weird <laughs> shit right. and like yeah I think that is like to an extent a thing for some people I think I so think too. it is too I think I think it, you have to have a certain I think there's probably a certain psychology underlining it but I definitely think like there are people who get into stuff that they probably wouldn't have gotten into if they didn't have like free access to anything. Uh, there's know? stuff that they, they like Gen Z. They probably wouldn't have even like ever understood a fetish that maybe they have. Like other generations, yeah. you never would have. You could have been your whole life like potentially interested in like BDSM or something, but all you experience it as is like a general desire for domination or submission or whatever. Like. But if you're if you're looking at porn yeah. at twelve, like, yeah, <laughs> if you're looking at porn at like when, as a teenager, you're going to actually get into leather and like acting out scenarios and like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll just I, I I'm kind of agnostic on it. Like I, I'm not exactly like I'm definitely not like pro porn per se. But I don't I don't know if it's as like ruinous as some people think it is. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. if you're into a weird fetish and it's just something you like, even though it's fucking bizarre, but it doesn't like ruin your life, I don't, I don't really care. Exactly. You know, yeah. Like, to be honest, like if you're into fucking balloon inflationist shit or yep. like, you know, being a furry or yeah. whatever, I mean, it's your business. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm kind of small L libertarian about it too. Um, yeah. But it is definitely an open question, like how is this going to affect kids who grow up with it? You know, the, the, the erectile dysfunction scare, is that, how real is that? You know, I, I do think that older hysteria about porn, that it's going to cause people to commit sexual violence in real life. That seems completely empirically untrue. I don't think that's but, true, but I think it might be for people who are predisposed to do that. It might be like a self-enforcing. I mean, I think yeah, one of the issues. Probably. I know Ted Bundy said that, but I, I'm sure Ted Bundy would have been a fucking killer anyway but it might have been something that yeah. kind of fueled what he already had going yeah. on yeah and conversely maybe if ted bundy had been born 30 years later he'd just spend all his time cooming <laughs> you know maybe he needed more porn. <laughs> no I, yeah it's a big for me it's like I, i'd have to look at some of the the data whatever uh it you know it's a lot of the most hysterical things people say about porn are probably untrue but also like it's kind of gen z is like jet, ground zero for like having access to it so young so I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll see, right? I guess all we can do is see what right. it's like in 20 yeah. years. Yeah. We have a whole generation of like. I think one of the killers. issues is like the yeah. slippery slope thing. And so, like, yeah, all this like balloon, you know, fetish or like, you know, gangbangs or, you know, whatever, you know, more, you know, deranged and degraded stuff. Like, that's 
I mean, if you want to do it and like, you know, that's, that's fine. That's like, you know, go ahead. But the issue then becomes when it's like, well, I'm, uh, you know, I identify as a gangbang slot and I want to have like my rights uh, as like, like when it's brought into the open and it's like, you know, yeah, right. like what? What he can he can fucking dress up like a stuffed yeah, animal. Yeah, exactly. And just kind of like it deranges <laughs> the culture, like this. And it's like this kind of crazy yeah, smut it stuff. It's not even hot when it's brought into the open. It's just weird and fucked up. Like it's supposed to be underground. No, I know. And that's kind of like what BAP I think has co-signed on as well. Yeah. That like the the underground like you know dirty energy of whatever like that's where it's supposed to be. That's where it's hot. That's where it's. But when you try to like yeah. take this stuff and be like, oh, actually, it's great to be a like you know an adult baby. It's not great to be an adult baby. It's like it's a it's a right. shameful yeah. fucked up thing. I mean that's <laughs> which yeah. is okay. It's like but I mean like it's that's where it's supposed to be <laughs> well yeah, that's no, even that's something with like just homosexuality and i yeah. know jack from uh perfume nash has talked about this like it it's become kind of like ruined because it's become yeah. so mainstream yeah, and it's absolutely. not like a, it's not like a cool underground like if you see a movie like cruising like yeah it's fucking gross and kind of dirty but it also has like this dangerous underground thing yeah. you know like the gay nightclub scenes and mm-hmm. that and like now it's like you know you have like oh, pride parades and their police Corporate. cars there and like they're you're oh yeah your kid. it's like fucking Disneyland or something. It, it's, it's like a, I mean it's like it's literally totally Disneyland. Yeah. This um, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the, the, the yeah. don't say gay yeah. Disney whatever backlash. Yeah, I mean um, sex should kind of feel like transgressive in a way, not like in a way where you're hurting somebody, but like you're kind of doing something you know dangerous in a way. Yeah, like that's you're, you're doing something right. dirty. Uh, totally. This is you know, shameful. Yeah, yeah. And like, if it's not shameful, if it's like yeah. in the open and it's like, well, this is a beautiful thing actually to, you know, wear a diaper. Like, yeah. no, that's not a beautiful, that's fucking ridiculous. And I'm like, I'm, I'm picking on the adult babies, I guess. I don't know. That seems. Sorry. Sorry. I love you guys. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's meant to be shameful and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in the case of that fetish, literally the the, the fetish is to, to feel ashamed. Like at some point, they're gonna burn out on that because it's not shameful enough anymore. So, well, maybe not. I don't. I'm not a psychologist. But yeah, no, I actually think uh, it's it's a it's a weird kind of political position. But I think that it's weirdly tenable in the world as it is to hold. Like I I would say I have you know somewhat socially conservative values, and I hold those. Both because, like, I believe that, you know, normies, normal people, uh, you know, have the right to normalcy. Like, I, I think, like, that's a health, in a healthy society, you know, I think that um, that those kind of normative values should be defended. But also, like, unironically, without, uh, as weird as it sounds, I, I honestly do also hold those values because I do value transgression. Yeah. Like, there needs to be something to transgress against. I think yeah. this is, like, some, like, weird Sufi thing, but, like, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the orange has to have, like, a thick rind to, to, to protect the sweetness inside. Or like, I, I heard some, like, Muslim <laughs> mystic say that about the, the social, you know, the, 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 the social conservative dimensions of, uh, of that religion. And I think there's something to that. Like, they're... Just politically, you know, I, I do... I support like normative stuff and like a good culture of, you know, 
you know, where it's safe for children and families and where those values can flourish. And it's as much to defend for normal people as also because I do like believe in the power of transgression and, yeah. and for there to be something outside of the norm. Um, well, imagine a guy becoming like a super orthodox Muslim. Just so <laughs> sex gets better. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's not crazy. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not really I a fan of Islam. Surprised like, if it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that line in? Uh, if you've read, uh, or I'm sure some of our listeners have read, "Submission" by Wellback, yeah. where Europe goes under an Islamic. Uh, Wait, is that how you say his name? Wellback. Yeah. That's how you say it. Yeah. How did you say it? I would say like no. Hollenbeck. Hol- I mean, I mean, like, I used to say it like that. Yeah, yeah. It's as well that. Yeah, I, I've read the book. I had no idea that's how you said his name. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like you almost just have to think like W E L L Beck, like yeah. Beck. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't heard people say it. But but anyway, there there. I meant one of the many memorable lines in that is something about how like it, you know in the West women put all this effort into their appearance. Uh, to project the sexuality outwards so when they get home, you know, they're tired, they just want to go to bed, put on pajamas, take the makeup off, whereas in the Islamic world... It's like the opposite. It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. Um, like that, that, that orange... I, I didn't expect to be, like, saying vaguely pro-Islamic today, but, like, that, that orange metaphor <laughs> that is, I heard... This is now pro-Islamic. <laughs> the, uh, the new yes. caliphate. Um... <laughs> Reclaim, reclaiming the literary that, that holy land of. from the heathen <laughs> from the, yeah, still from works the still yeah, works yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah no it's um there's there's a lot to this I think <laughs> <laughs> no definitely um, I I thought um, maybe uh, we could move on to uh, just getting into comedy Twitter and like like as we were talking before uh, you didn't you've had many different handles and like and throughout you I assume have had the kind of like zany comedy persona that you you know currently uh, you know maintain. Uh, so you, you've had many handles on on Twitter and like I think. You know, throughout, yeah, you've yeah. maintained the kind of like zany uh, kind of comedy energy that you. Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like right, like the hand, the, the names aren't because it's like a different character or something. It's good, like I said, it's got fans. I, I am who I am across like the the thing. I guess. Uh, I, I wonder. I I wish I could look back at those like uh old ones and see how different it was i'm sure it's different in some way you know mm. but uh i think it's pretty consistent yeah. i think i kind of have like a pathological need to <laughs> like repeat these like disgusting <laughs> things from the bottom of my psyche i was gonna ask um so you had this really big tweet this last week which I guess I'll just read it if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you're an e-girl and I pay you $25 of my hard-earned money for a cock review, <laughs> I expect a more professional response than where's the rest <laughs> of it, LMAO. <laughs> and that has like 30K likes. And, yeah, I was surprised. Which is pretty remarkable. I, I guess uh, I just wanted to highlight that as a hilarious tweet, but also <laughs> what um, what is your biggest banger of all time? Like, what is is that it? Is, or what's no, I I mean, yeah. uh, technically, I had one that like I put I posted a screenshot of something that got like two hundred. Oh wow! Wow! But, like yeah. it's I, I didn't fucking do anything. I don't take any pride. <laughs> you know, it's just like 
it was a funny screenshot about LeBron James. Like someone, basically someone messaged LeBron James and they're like, oh, you know, I love you. You know, you're a great athlete. I uh, need words of inspiration. And LeBron James just replies, basketball. Like, <laughs> I'm a retard. I know. I mean, it's really funny, but it's, I, I didn't do it. And I said something like, I put something on top of like, oh, never mind. Uh, 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 like yeah. Like, oh, I kind of yeah, might have seen that. Yeah. And that one, like people, People were asking me like uh like they were, they actually wanted to buy advertisements on it and like but they Whoa. only offer you twenty dollars. Yeah. yeah. So it's like what I'm like I'm not, I said well, I'll do it for five hundred and they just didn't answer me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you don't I mean you go viral a good amount, which is great, but it's like you have no one has no control over what they get. No, I, I I've for, put yeah. I've my funniest one, the ones I think are funniest usually don't do well, that. What's one of your favorites? Yeah, you know, and the ones I think, oh, I don't, I was going over one, I'll, I'll tell you right now, because I was looking at it the other day, I was showing somebody, and like, they not <laughs> do very, very well at all. Let me just see if I, but I mean, it's also like who retweets you. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, if, you get, if you get like a big guy retweeting you, that's Boost, like a yeah. huge thing, you know? So, like, that's why if you have, like, a couple hundred followers, like, I see people, like, get kind of upset. It's like, it's just, you don't have enough people following yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you need to get to banger class. And if you're if you're a banger yeah, class account. It becomes yeah, easier. Bad. Yeah, it's not like you get better. It's just it becomes easier as, like, uh, as you get more followers, it kind of, like... Uh, you know. Yeah, snowball, the snowball effect. Yeah, this is why Matt and I keep low my, accounts. My... We don't want to have too many bangers. Yeah, you got to keep it exactly. pure. Right. <laughs> we, you got to keep it we, pure. We're not, yeah, you know, show votes. We don't want to have too many bangers out there, you know, identifying us <laughs> as braggarts. So. Yeah, yeah. Gotta... <laughs> no, I was going to say, though, my, my most popular tweet ever was like a screen grab from SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I only I got like three thousand likes, which is not very many, but for me that's, that's right. like above and beyond. Yeah, like anything I've ever got. So anyway, just case in point, you don't really choose. Like, and I remember with the 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 thing with that tweet is I was like a, it was someone some it was some there was like some account that was like at penis or something. Like it was like a penis? really weird. Yeah, I don't think it's around anymore. I don't even know if it was a dissident right account. It was just like a weird horny post horny posting slash shit posting account. And it posted like a, an image of like fake muscles or something that you could buy, and like that went really viral. And then I responded with the line from that one SpongeBob episode, which I'm a little younger, so maybe I'm more familiar with this than you guys. But like, uh, there's there's like this this plot line where 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 you can get fake you know big muscly arms, and the line is like, "Now I'm a jerk and everyone loves me." So <laughs> I, I tweeted a screen grab of that, and I just remember it it. It got retweeted, like, on, I guess, like, the kind of shit-posting corner of the internet that we're on. And then it, like, made its way through, like, left-wing Twitter. And I saw all the likes from that. And then it made its way to black Twitter. and that's Oh, yeah, that'll get you huge, yeah. Black people love sports. Well, that thing I had about the, the cock review thing got onto left-wing Twitter. And it got onto all the e-girls who do cock reviews, which is a real thing. And they started DMing me saying, listen, if you want, you know, I can do it for 15. I'll give you a cock. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I think that is the key to that kind of virality is like, yes, you have to do really well with your usual. You got to get it out to people who wouldn't normally see it. That's, I mean, that's how. Yeah, I and you break in 
you break into like other dimensions of Twitter. It's interesting. And then they then they works. follow you and yeah. they see the horrible shit you post. <laughs> like, I want nothing to do with this yeah. guy. Yeah, it was. I think with the SpongeBob thing, I was worried that I'd like get doxxed or something because I didn't think the people who were liking it would especially like eh. anything else I had to say. But the blessing blessing in disguise none of them even probably looked at my yeah page, you know? I mean, they, they just, usually will see just the like the thing and move on or if they follow they'll see right. it like oh i don't like this kind of unfollow you know, that it, that i don't yep. really i don't exactly. have too much of like people <laughs> thinking they're gonna like me and hating me and like actually hearing about it you know yeah no but, like twitter's i don't know as you said earlier like if you if you're interacting with blue checks that that gets you in hot water but for the most part like no one's I don't know. No one like is trying to start up too much shit with random accounts on Twitter that they don't know. I had a tweet. The one I was talking about before, the one that I like more, didn't really do good. It was like, uh, it's just my coworker. Last night I got home and took a nice long bath, and I said, "Me outwardly, wow, that sounds relaxing." But me inwardly, my God, this man was molested. <laughs> I, I saw that one. <laughs> yeah. People didn't think that was just funny. I always think it's funny to think that men who take baths are molested. That's like a thing with me. I, anytime, anytime a grown man tells me, oh, I just want to have a nice warm bath. I'm like, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, you want to just lay there with well, your dick out? I mean, that's, that's know, a great example filth, like... of like one of those things that, yeah, you say that like kind of strikes a chord of truth that people weren't even thinking about. But when it's said out loud, it's like, because like, yeah, like when I read that tweet, I'm like, Taking a bath is kind of like weird, a little pedo. I I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I <laughs> feel like a man who regularly pedo. takes baths yeah. might be a pedo. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> not to you know join the current uh, discourse on the whole thing there, but yeah. Yeah, we're, we're attacking. Yeah. We're attacking adult adult babies and fucking bath takers <laughs> on this one. Right. Fuck right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, with with things like that, it's like I don't know the best tweets, the the ones that do the best. Like it it, ha it has to hit like immediately, and I feel like with a tweet like that, maybe some people just wouldn't even like. You have to, you know, people are scrolling so fast. It's like what's that molestation? Yeah, know, like but whereas like uh, the cock review one, it's like yeah, there's there's words on that that just pull your. I eyes think down, cock you know? review is what this. <laughs> the term right. cock review yeah, yeah. threw in a lot of eyes. Yeah, and it's like a little transgressive. Like people are like, "Oh my god, people actually get cock reviews," which of they course do, they do. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I I don't know. It, I've I've been on Twitter a while now, and sometimes people knew it. Were like, "Oh, you know, you have a decent amount of followers. I seen you like get likes. Like, what? Like, you have any advice?" It's like, no, not really. I don't. I don't know. Just kidding. yeah, exactly. It, it might happen. It might not. You know, it's it is random, basically. Yeah, there's things that you can do to... Yeah, no, basically, it's like anything else thing. You just have to keep at yeah. it. I mean, yeah. I, I, a friend of the pod, Bad Billy Pratt, he has a whole, uh, you know, theory and, you know, explanation for how to gain Twitter followers. And I think he's very... There's pro... I'm sure there is a system that would probably work, uh, like, at least make it... Make you get yeah. more. But, I mean, who wants to fucking no, do that? No, exactly. You know. Like, the... the fastest way to get twitter followers is to like cover a niche area and you're like you're the car guy yeah. you're the the uh, yeah, you know you're sense. the battle of verdun guy you're the whatever guy whereas like the hardest way to gain followers is what you've done which is to be like an actual like <laughs> account that is like okay this is actually you know um 
this guy I want to listen to this guy's tweets because they're funny <laughs> and that's like the <laughs> hardest you. way to, yeah. to do it oh definitely it's like the yeah yeah but I'd say Twitter kind of gets worse the more followers you get like once you once you pass a certain threshold it starts to get more annoying to like get more and more people you know it's like it's hard to explain like the better you get at this site the worse it gets in a weird way yeah that's what yeah. i've heard uh i i definitely don't speak from experience with my like 330 followers but um but yeah every, everyone says it gets worse when you get more and that the antidote to that is to block anyone who that's what like, i've heard yeah i don't block i don't yeah. block anybody though I don't... yeah <laughs> maybe i should i wouldn't want to either but it seems like i don't know yeah yeah no i mean it but you get people who like just fucking hate you and they'll like retweet <laughs> you and be like this guy sucks like <laughs> <laughs> well that's yeah. uh i mean what's that saying you uh you know if people hate you you're doing something right so right yes yeah um, but we definitely, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, your, your profile, your current right, profile yes. picture, as well as your banner, uh, both uh, your profile pictures from River's Edge, Dennis Hopper with his blow up doll wife, yeah. and your banner photo is from Lost Highway, Robert Loggia giving, uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, Balthazar Getty. J Balthazar Getty, <laughs> a porno on VHS. Anyway, I noticed that in prep for the episode today because those are like two of my favorite movies. I don't know if you feel the well, same I, way. Well, I love I, River's Edge. Yeah. I really like River's Edge a lot. And I like I like Lost Highway. I think Lost Highway is really good. But like, well, the problem with Lost Highway is like the kind of, I don't like the parts with Balthazar Getty, like that whole, like, you know, how it kind of switches. Oh, yeah, really? I like the part, the beginning and the end, I like of Lost Highway. It kind of like meanders for me at that, that part. It is definitely a meandering yeah. movie. I, to me, I mean, I'm I'm just as so many of us are. I'm just a massive Lynch fan, and I I think Lost Highway is like one of the slightly less appreciated yeah, oh, ones. Definitely. So I really get down with it on that level. But there's no denying that it's very meandering. Um, but I love. But it's also I, hilarious. Know, I, I love and, Robert Blake in that, and I, I had him as my uh, avatar on one of the older uh, incarnations, or whatever you want to call it. Robert Blake, the being cameraman. The mystery man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's fantastic. Apparently, that guy like actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Really yeah. Fucked up. Like, yeah. Yeah. He killed his wife and he got away with it. Well, kind of like in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I I've, I remember I watched Lost Highway in in college. It's been kind of a a favorite of mine. Yeah, it's it's meandering, but there's a few scenes. There's just so many good scenes in it. I mean, anything with any time Robert Blake's on camera. Um, that scene that you have on your banner photo yeah. where he's like, you like pornos? <laughs> Robert Loggia is very funny in it. Yeah. Um, and of course, the scene that comes shortly out, or maybe right before that, where he kicks the shit out of someone. And they're driving drive. for like, what, he cut him off or something uh -huh. like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> and he gives him a lecture really on like, uh, on safe driving techniques. Get, <laughs> yeah, get yourself a, a California DMV manual. <laughs> yeah. Which it's kind of a weird synchronicity because in the last episode we posted, that we <laughs> but that's that's neither here nor there. That's just a that's just odd. But anyway, um, yeah, I think what, what um, the funniest scenes in Lost Highway, but also the funniest scenes in um, River's Edge with Dennis Hopper, they they do a really good job of uh, a kind of un of capturing like an unhinged male <laughs> horniness. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I'm sure you could probably just pick those pictures because, you know, they were your cultural references that you jive with in some way. But I do, I, I kind of saw a connection. Like, well, the, okay, it, it matches your brand that you'd, you'd, you'd vibe with those characters. I used to change bit. my little avatar, like, every every few months or so. But, like, the, the, I don't something about the Dennis Hopper one people really like. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> really kinda, good. It's good yeah. because, let me, it's let me pull like, it up. Yeah. He has a you know a really kind of like uh, hungry look about him. I would say. I think it just kind of encapsulates. But also like a little sad. Going, yeah, sad, horny, kind of slightly psychotic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, that's an incredible Dennis Hopper. Yeah, he's great. Maybe even better. Maybe maybe even better than Blue Velvet. The Blue Velvet. But you know what's funny? A couple times I've but... had people go like, I'd be telling them like, "Well, you like Stephen Mullen?" You know, I'm like. I don't really like Stephen Mullen. You tell me, and they're like, "Well, your avatar, you have a picture." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I never like, noticed that. You don't like this huge Stephen Molyneux fanboy, or something, you know? <laughs> or do, <laughs> or do people think that Stephen Molyneux ever posed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's well, also a funny question. It's yeah, a part of his uh, philosophy huh. course. Yeah, the blow up doll. <laughs> they thought step. Who's the other guy? Uh, Cernovich. They also have thought that was a picture huh. of. Him. Interesting. Yeah, that's I don't. Odd. I get I, I Stephen Molyneux well. a little. I don't get the Cernovich yeah, one, but whatever. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, you're saying River's Edge was kind of a, a big uh, movie. Yeah, I really liked you. River's Edge. I don't know if I'd say it was like 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 an influential movie to me, but that was a really good like uh-huh. teen drama. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of the guy. I only recently learned the guy who directed it. I don't. His name is not coming to me, but he also directed like the pilot of Beverly oh, really? Hills 90210. Yeah, it's a, he has an extensive uh, TV directing career. He directed some episodes of oh, Riverdale wow. too, which is—I mean, some people would say that's cringe, but yeah, he's very much stayed hmm. in like the teen drama uh, world for like 30, 40 years, and has some really interesting. Well, I think credits, he really, but, yeah, River's really Edge got like what it felt like to be like a kind of like unsupervised teen in that movie, like yeah. a Gen X, like running. Yeah, around. I mean that that movie, yeah. That movie feels very Gen X, not in a bad way. Um, I yeah, it, it seems to, and I, I like how it bridges the gap. Like it's it's a teen drama, but also it's like genuinely pretty edgy in a way yeah. that teen dramas would. Well, I mean, yeah, they kill um, a fucking kid. I mean, yeah, the whole yeah, thing. It's got Chris also yeah. funny yeah. though. Like we we talked about this before, Matt yeah. and I, and like sometimes like the best humor comes from something that is like not really trying to be funny but the unhinged nature of the performances exactly. is like just like like yeah like the you know as they congregate around the body and they're like kind of like trying to figure out what to do it's just kind of like this is a hilarious it's sad and everything else but it's also you know it, it has that kind of absurdity that you know often that always gives like a certain feeling when you're watching a movie like is this supposed to be funny like is this funny is this funny on purpose is this just weird like i don't really know how to feel about this scene and it gives you kind of like an unbalanced type of thing david lynch does that a lot too it's like i yeah is, definitely is this scary yeah. or is it stupid like i think it's meant it funny or like meant yeah. to be both kind of i, I think there is that yeah. element of humor in there like a good counter example of something that's meant to be serious but is funny. Matt and I watched Top Gun the other week, and like, yeah, it's it's very enjoyable, but also yeah. like, it's just so over the top, it's ridiculous, and it's like clearly not. But meant I don't think to be Top funny. Gun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. No, they're, they're not. Absolutely like, I think not. It's supposed it's to be. Just... This, is, this is fucking cool. They're like playing volleyball with each other. And yeah. They're jacked. And, like, yeah, right. That, I was thinking like, of that they scene get too. Chicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like, it's like the gayest. 
like it's like a hallmark of like gay scenes. Oh yeah, films, for sure, yeah. the volleyball scene. Yeah, definitely. But that, and like with David yeah, Lynch, you know, it's like you know, he's like a good enough filmmaker. Where you're like he's probably trying to evoke this. But with River's Edge, you're kind of like, I don't really know this guy. Like, maybe this is just, like, inept, or maybe he's really getting a weird, ambiguous feeling. Like, you know. I think he, I think he was yeah. trying to get, like, that. I think so, too. Feeling. I don't think it was, yeah. There's a weird... Yeah. It makes it funnier, because when you're asking for the joke, it's never as funny. And, yeah, the, the, the earnestness of that movie, and even of David Lynch's work, which is often, you know, earnest in its way as well, uh, is what makes it that much more effective, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I mean, the humor is often, like, like I'm sure you'd agree, Matt, that, like, watching Top Gun, that was way funnier than, like, any Judd Apatow movie that we might oh, watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like for that. sure. It's, uh, yeah, like, yeah, when he definitely. does breaks into, like, it's both funny and touching, like, when he breaks into You Lost That Loving Feeling, it's, like, hilarious, but also, yeah. like, you know, like, oh, it's kind of sweet. <laughs> Were you yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. moved by Top Gun? <laughs> Is that what you're well, talking about? A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we were talking about uh, when Dan and I watched this, and um, the, the over, I mean, it was my first time seeing Top Gun, and the kind of overwhelming feeling I got from it, like, yes, his buddy dies, but for the most part, the theme of the movie is... You know, Tom Cruise is Maverick, and the question is, is he too much of a Maverick? Like, he do, he's the guy who does his own thing. You know, he, he's America, you know? He plays by his own rules, whatever. Like, he doesn't <laughs> yeah, do he, too he much. Does. That's the central He does, conflict. though. That's like, the thing. He's, like, a danger to everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the movie kind of plays, like, no, he's just a badass. Like, no, this is, like, you know, he's got, he got a guy killed. You know, I mean, it's like, right. I, but the movie kind of wants to make it look like, you know, you don't tell him to try and stifle his spirit. Well, well he's like causing exactly. air wrecks and uh, shit. I think, like, <laughs> crucially, the last line, one of the last lines, Iceman is like, you're still dangerous, but you could be my wingman anytime. And it's kind of this, like, you know, a, a, you know, tacit admittance, or not even tacit, like, like, yeah, you're still a dangerous maverick. But um, you're cool with me, which is kind of like the ethos of America. It's like, yeah, we're we're, <laughs> is, da- yeah. we're a dangerous and country just, that goes around fucking the shit up. But like, you know, you, you got to be cool with us. You want, if you're not, you want us yeah. on your side, yeah. <laughs> if you're not cool with us, <laughs> exactly. You're not, yeah, I mean, it just not, down. <laughs> not to get not to get too like too like leftist uh, cinema teacher, but just think about like the state of American empire and its regard for itself when that came out, that that was the central conflict and what was probably like the biggest movie that summer was like, are you too much of a maverick? Like that's the conflict. And then, you know, nowadays it, you know, it's just so optimistic. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, four years later you got movies like river's edge where you, some of the, some of the darkness started to, to maybe go more mainstream, but yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing we wanted to get into um, is uh, this is a literary podcast, of course, and so we wanted to ask: uh, Do you have any favorite uh, comic novels, you know, satiric novels? And yeah, I mean, I, I d- d- like satire wise, yeah. I do. I don't really read books that are like straight up kind of like comedy i guess yeah, yeah. too often no satires but, yeah more yeah but like i mean like welbeck is really good as i just found out his yeah he's is funny yeah. He's <laughs> really, like the, the elementary particles is really funny but also really like sad and fucking you know 
And uh, yeah, Brett Easton Ellis, as you guys mentioned before, I really like American Psycho mm-hmm. and uh, Glamorama. Also pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, American Psycho is basically like a really dark comedy. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, arguably, like most of Ellis's work. Well, not all. Yeah, of it, but... I mean. Even less than zero is a little funny. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I guess like the what well, what was when the rules of attraction like his first book was kind of more straight, but most of them have like some kind of satirical edge to them. I mean, Glamorama is pure yeah, glam- comedy. Glamorama yeah, is like insane. Almost. Yeah, and that's what I liked. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people I think didn't like it. I liked it a lot though. Yeah, no, I, uh, I read it when I was like eleven, and I was very disturbed. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's like the age you should really be reading that. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. my god! <laughs> but I uh, know this is cool. I like that Brett Easton Ellis didn't do the thing, the Edge Lord thing we were talking about before, where you kind of retreat behind like a facade of leftism. You know, he's pretty. You know, oh no, he's uh, he's yeah, based. pretty much. Like I, I listen to his podcast. Yeah, um, he's not. He's kind of apolitical. He's a, maybe a little like tacos. In that regard, like I, I think he's. I think he goes a little further than nominally than tacos does. Yeah. I think he does, which is kind of funny because tacos is like supposedly more canceled yeah. or whatever. But like, um, but yeah, no, he, he, he. I mean, he had Amanda Millius on, yeah, did, on his podcast, and they had, you know, pretty good conversation. And, and I think Brett often will avoid giving specific political opinions, but he's definitely, you know deeply at odds with the prevailing trends of the progressive left to say the least have uh and is willing to really call um, it out mutant yeah. have you read um a confederacy of dunces that's uh that's one of my favorites am i what have you read a oh confederacy, confederacy of, of dunces? dunces yeah 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 that was very funny it's too bad he didn't really write much oh. else than that yeah no he I, killed himself okay. um yeah you know not shortly thereafter because he finished it and you know spent like seven years trying to get it published and uh eventually you know killed himself before it even was published it's so funny because he really like nails the neckbeard thing that would be oh like, yeah an archetype like 100 like i don't think it was known like there, there was no name for that when he wrote it you know what i mean yeah it yeah definitely like you could see him like with a fucking Reddit account. And yeah, there's the guy uh, Ignatius uh, Riley. There's an article in know. the New Yorker that kind of yeah. sets this forth, and like I do not recommend reading the New Yorker except maybe for this article. And it's like, was Ignatius J. Riley the first edge lord? And it's like, yeah, actually, like, <laughs> like reading through yeah. it, it's like it's really prescient. It's really yeah. like, like this guy is just you know like he's a fucking groiper. He's uh, you know. <laughs> It's or not exactly. And he's got that very book. kind of like that self-important type thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Confederacy Dances a lot. I guess they tried to do a movie of that for like years and years and couldn't get it off the oh, ground really? for whatever reason. Yeah, it never came to fruition, right? They were gonna have like fucking Will Ferrell in it, so maybe it's better <laughs> it didn't happen. You know? Oh yeah. Uh. And uh, yeah, we uh, I I love Sam Lipsight. I don't know if, uh, if you're familiar. I don't know who that is. He um, he's done some pretty funny stuff like satiric novels, um, The Ask, Homeland. But uh, yeah, he's a little under the radar. I I like George Orwell a lot. Like the the other books yeah. besides Nineteen Eighty Four, yeah. like the more I mean, they're not as like heavy going, but like uh, like Burmese Days and. Uh, but does it keep the apodistra apodistra flying? I forget how you pronounce it. But 
yeah I, I, I mean, these books are funny in like a kind of sad way i mean it's not like laugh out loud type funny yeah i think confederacy of dunces is probably like the most comedic novel that i enjoy i usually don't like books that are like just that are like direct comedy type stuff but that was really funny yeah yeah like i reread it recently because i wrote a novel that is like follows uh the kind of same type of uh tone of uh dunces and so i just decided to reread it and like i was laughing out loud it's like it still holds up it holds up even better Hmm. now actually what what was his his other book the neon bible was that any good uh i mean honestly i didn't even know tool wrote another book that's like his one other i think he wrote it while he was like uh in college or something if i remember right huh it's not it's definitely not as highly uh thought of as yeah confederacy of dunces in the neon bible i fuck i gotta look into that <laughs> thank you for letting me know <laughs> yes, no the literary podcast here <laughs> uh but yeah no it's uh dunces. i like dennis johnson a lot too oh yeah are you ever read him i've heard yeah, that he wrote, name. i guess his biggest book would probably be jesus's son they made a movie yeah out of it. Hmm, i've heard yeah the movie I've was heard not that. great but the book was excellent yeah and a tree of smoke is really good. Though that one's not as like uh, it doesn't have as much comedy in it, but it's really good. That's about Vietnam, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah, I like his style. Very understated, but uh, yeah, packs a punch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, unless you have. Uh, anything more i i think you know we're probably ready to wrap it up all right yeah no good it was fun thanks for having me on oh yeah no definitely thanks for yeah no enjoy this yeah thanks for coming on and like it's i wasn't sure i wasn't sure what to expect i i I listened to that one uh thing you guys sent me but other than that i I wasn't sure yeah it's good yeah thanks yeah no it's like you know we've i've long been a fan of your posts and like i'm like you know it'd be great to get this guy on to like talk about comedy because you know he's he's one of the guys that's doing it the best right now (laughs) thank you yeah no for sure i enjoyed this conversation a lot and i think um you and you're gonna help us get a lot of listeners because i think people really dig your your tweets and uh you know you've you've been you've done some podcasts but i feel like we'll we'll help uh you know you'll We'll get this out there, and everyone's gonna to want to hear uh, what <laughs> okay, you gotta yeah, say. Sure. So, <laughs> all right, sounds uh, sounds good. Yeah, later, guys. All right, have a good rest of your. Uh, right. You too. Thanks, Saturday. dude. Bye. 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 Yeah, no problem.